Yeah. What up, what up, what up, everybody? How are you? Welcome to Fireside Five with Nick Abraham in the house. Nick, how you doing today? Doing great, Steve. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm actually back, as you can see, in the clinic. A little bit of a change of scenery for anyone who's watching us right now. It is lovely, and I am honored to have you here. So I'm going to tell my side of your story to get us going, and then I'd like to hear your version of your life before that, because I'm assuming there was a bit of a life before we met, even though it feels perhaps less remarkable. I get it. But either way, Nick is one of the few people, a very, very select crew that I would say, that is a cold email that I got that I actually replied to. So as a small business owner, probably as a small business owner, as a healthcare provider, as a small business owner, healthcare provider in NYC, I get a lot of random emails about a lot of random things. And I I do kind of read them, not totally, but usually I'll give it like two sentences maybe. And maybe it's like flattering gets you everywhere, maybe not. But Nick in his email to me said, you guys have great contact, but content on Instagram, but I notice you don't get a lot, lot of engagement, which is kind of how I feel every night before I go to bed. I'm like looking at all these people on Instagram doing their booty workouts. I get it. Like I totally understand. I mean, this is special, but I get that that is special as well. And it's kind of interesting how I know that we have content that shatters. We give so much quality information away for free, but our Instagram just kind of never caught fire. Um, and I can give you a couple of reasons why it maybe did, why it maybe didn't. You would know better than I. But either way, that was your approach to me and said, hey, I noticed this. Would you like help solving it? And 100% I want help solving it. So that got, got us onto the phone. And it was one of those things. And I know I'm not the only person who feels like that. And I know in our live group right now, we have a lot of healthcare providers. I worry about paying my rent, making sure that everyone's taken care of, we're offering quality services, growing the business, working on our teaching, working on our extracurricular stuff, being a good family member, being a good husband, working out, taking care of myself, keeping good balance. And, 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 and frankly, I think I enjoy digital marketing the least out of all the things that I have to do, but it is something that is important for us as a business, because we have to meet people where they're at. And ideally, we would like to have passive income eventually. We're not there yet. And if you want passive income, you have to have people that know who you are. And that's just kind of where you came in. So it was really nice to meet someone who spoke the language and also understood it because I could tell that you would talk to enough other, like you've worked with enough other healthcare providers that you knew already what my frustrations, hesitations, and um, obstructions were gonna be, and you had already crafted a, a, a plan out of them that didn't feel overwhelming in the moment. Almost when I got off the phone, I was more excited rather than like, oh, now there's something else that I have to do. It felt like it was gonna remove. So that's how we met. Then the more that we've talked, I realized how well you know what you do. And I know that there's a lot of people like us who know zero about digital marketing, Instagram, TikTok, as you talk about, all that sort of stuff. And we want 
to learn from you as much as we possibly can. So Nick, tell us your story and spare no detail. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, I got into digital marketing about four years ago. So right now I'm 21 years old. I go to the University of Texas at Arlington. I'm a senior, I'm about to graduate with my degree in finance. But I really got into digital marketing my freshman year in college, kind of as a side hustle. So I grew a theme page on Instagram to about 50,000 organic followers before I sold it. And that really just got me really interested in how all this kind of works. And it kind of gave me the basic principles to be able to, you know, take this skill that I learned and start leveraging it for other people. So I started uh, working with a whole bunch of different people, insurance agents, uh, real estate agents, and it just never took off just because it was really hard working with a whole bunch of different businesses and a whole bunch of different areas because you had to come up with a custom strategy every single time. Mm -hmm. And so then that really took me away from my business. And then so within the last six months, we kind of really dialed down just into healthcare professionals, just because, you know, my dad's always wanted me to be a doctor. He's always wanted to be in the healthcare profession. Yeah. You know, now <laughs> I'm a doctor. So, you know, it's the same thing. And so now we work with healthcare professionals. So we work from everywhere, anything from like a plastic surgeon to PTs to dermatologists, and we're all around. And so, Instagram and like social media in general, it really all follows the same basic principles. It's really simple to be able to expand on it. And, you know, just by learning how to do it the last four years, I've been just been able to help a lot of people, help a lot of people grow their businesses. And so that's just one of my businesses. The other business, and this is kind of how I met you, uh, I actually run a lead generation software. And so basically what it is, it allows me to type in physical therapists in New York and instantly it gives me a whole bunch of people's contact information. And so that's kind of how I got Steve's contact information. And so I was able to go in and send out a message and I checked out his Instagram. He has honestly really great content in the terms of like structure, organization, format. It looks really nice, really good. But then, you know, you go into each individual post and you just see that it's not getting the engagement. And so, you know, that's a misconception a lot of people have. You know, they think if I have that rock, like perfect, you know, content that I'm instantly going to get a whole bunch of likes, you know, and it's going to blow up. And that's just not how it is. And that's that's the worst part, because, you know, uh, there's a lot of like, especially with plastic surgeons, they post really bad content and literally provide no value. And, you know, it sucks to see that, you know, they have the money and that they're paying people to kind of come in and like it and comment and it just blows up. But then you have, you know, accounts like yours where it's valuable information, teaching people something different, teaching them how to improve their life. And it just doesn't get the reach that it does. And so that's kind of where I come in and I kind of help, you know, healthcare professionals just grow their pages out and whatnot. And uh, the cool thing is, is that, you know, um, as a healthcare professional, your job isn't to grow an Instagram page and, uh, as much as, you know, like you said, it, it's time consuming, especially. Uh, and, you know, so you just want to, be, it's like another thing you have to worry about. So if you can delegate it, you want to delegate it. So that's kind of how I kind of created my business and how we kind of grow. That's awesome. And it, and it is nice. And this is like, I can, um, like Ramith, like I read his stuff. I listen to his stuff. He's phenomenal. Like I can look at all of these gurus of advertising, but me being in New York City, I think changes changes the playing field a little bit. Me being in New York City and being an out of network provider changes the approach differently as well. We're not just trying to get a million people to know who we are to buy our 45 cent thing. Like we in general as a physical therapy practice are trying to get people to come see us to pay either out of pocket or have out of network benefits that they want to use. And that's a, that's a, that's a niche. And then the same thing with our, um, 
desires for our Instagram followers is we want to help everyone out. But in general, people that have a little bit higher health literacy and also um, desire strength and conditioning and know like a little bit of it about anatomy and physiology tend to be more drawn to our pages. Now, we want to expand that to everyone, but our approach is going to be different from just someone trying to grow to a million followers. And that's where it was nice that I felt like you spoke the language of New York City. Like, I know we're not your only people you work with in New York City, um, out of network and that sort of stuff. So it was really nice. Um, so w with all that, I think that it's it lends it to the first question is, what are the best ways to grow Instagram organically? Yeah, so there's like a whole bunch of like small stuff that go into Instagram. And I, I can talk about this forever because there's just so many things that go into it. But um, really, you know, there's, you just got to understand the basic principles and I'll go into that. Uh, so think about it in terms of social media, right? Why does Instagram want to push your content out to others versus other people, like uh, other people's content, right? So if that makes sense, I'm not sure if it does. But like, why does a social media algorithm choose to show your content to other people versus others? And you know, the reason why it's going to show your content is because it's more engaging. And so that's like the number one thing you want to focus about engagement. So engagement means you know the more likes, the more comments, the more shares, and the more saves that you get, the more that it's going to want to push it out to other people. And the reason why is because, it, think about it, if the algorithm could detect that you're getting a lot of likes, comments, and saves, it, it, it can resonate that it's a good piece of content. And if other people are seeing good pieces of content, they're gonna be on the app one. That's what social media wants. And so once I really understood that, I was like, okay, how can I trick the algorithm to thinking that my content is really engaging, mm -hmm. right? And I don't wanna buy followers because that doesn't do anything. I don't wanna you know, buy, uh, likes it doesn't do anything i want people to genuinely be interested in what i'm doing and uh also kind of spike it in a little bit and so what we do and, and you got to think about social media again is social media is meant for you to interact right so if this is a strategy uh called the dollar 80 strategy it's actually by gary v uh and what it is is basically you're finding 90 different posts within your niche and you're going in and you're commenting your two sets that's where it comes to our 80 strategy. And so to do that, it takes a lot of work. Cause like, think about it, dropping 90 comments on 90 different posts, that's gonna take you like, I would say if it's really thoughtful and really great, it's gonna take you anywhere from three to four hours. And most health yeah. professionals, you don't have an additional three to four hours to kind of be, you know, to be on Instagram. And cause like the other thing is it doesn't resonate with value or money. So it's like, you're not getting anything in return for just commenting and you can never, you know, track the results on that. And so, what we like to do is we like to have our employees. So I have a team about of five virtual assistants based at the Philippines. And what we'll do is we'll do that for you. We'll go in and, you know, we're trying to avoid uh, really crazy stuff, like crazy like stuff that kind of go into HIPAA violations. And we'll just be in there and we'll just make sure we're doing that manual engagement. And by doing that, people are seeing your feet and uh, they're going to be like, oh, shoot, a PT, a, a doctor, a plastic surgeon is commenting on my stuff. Well, let me see what he's what is uh his content about let me see his page so then they'll go into your page and then this is the second part so the first thing you want to worry about is engagement the second part is content so you don't ever like you know it's a misconception that people are like okay if i post absolute like high quality content that it's going to do good if i post stock photos it's going to do really great so you know the average human sees about six thousand ten thousand ads every single day so if you're posting stock photos it, you know, you're just subconsciously just going to skip through it and it's never going to really pick up the value that it needs, right? And so social media, Instagram, Facebook, 
big talk. You want it to be just completely natural. Don't worry about those stock photos. That's what all these advertisers will tell you to do, just so they can come in there and you know try to get you to buy a photo shoot from them and you know upsell you on stuff like that. You just need an iPhone. You just need to post decent quality content. You be really consistent with it. And if you can, you want to kind of make it to look where it looks a little bit more professional. And the way you can do that really easily is, um, so you'll see a lot of bloggers, right? And they'll have really great feeds just because like it all just like goes together all at once. Like it just flows really well. And what they're doing, and it's really simple, and it's the best way to kind of make your feed look structured and organized is by using a preset filter. So what a preset filter is, it basically just makes the saturation, the lighting, everything kind of just look the same on every photo. And so when you're posting photos and you have a preset filter on it, they all kind of look alike, but are different in its own. And so when you're scrolling through it, it just looks and makes it look really aesthetic and pleasing to the eye. And then if you have that, then you're converting on followers. Mm -hmm. So with those two things right there, you're gaining more followers just because you're converting on all the people that look at you when you're doing like the manual engagement. Those are the two things I would focus on, but then there's a whole bunch of different things that you gotta do, you know? So, uh, you know, a huge correlation that I've seen with all our clients and uh, how engaging their content is, is with Instagram stories. So um, what an Instagram story does is it builds your attractive character, that celebrity feel, that celebrity persona. And so we always tell our clients just to be on there, just post about your daily life. It could be anything that you want because, you know, and this is something that I see myself doing a lot. A lot of entrepreneurs that I look up to, I love to see what they're doing on the daily, right? So anytime they post a story, I'm always looking at it. That's like the first stories I always look at. And so you really just have to uh, have them, you know, posting about their life and have your followers really interested in what you do. And then it kind of just builds up and compounds over time because, you know, uh, think about it. If you're like an ordinary person and a plastic surgeon just went ahead and commented on your photo saying, well, that's a super cool photo. You're going to check their profile out. You're going to see the quality content that they provide. You're going to follow them. And then you're going to see their stories come up here and there. And then you, it's just going to compound it. You're going to be more and more interested in their stuff. And then that's going to lead you to liking their stuff, commenting on their stuff, saving their stuff. And then another thing that we also like to keep in mind is with the content. You know, the pages that perform the best with content is if you're providing value. So if you're just posting photos of you like outside doing, like it has no uniqueness to it, it's just gonna be like any other any other account. But if you can provide some kind of value, whether it be humor, be educational, if you just provide some kind of value, something that they can take away, then you're gonna continue to just uh, be able to grow your pages engagement, convert on a lot of people and really, really just start to compound. But I think the biggest thing I see with that a lot of health professionals do wrong is that um, they'll, never engage manually right and so that's one big thing and then if they do post photos they're always posting like stock photos and so those are like the two things that we're always just like you know what step aside from that let's try to create better content and let's kind of go with that way and let's be really consistent with it. let's post five times a week and you know it doesn't have to be perfect content it just needs to be there so i'm always about imperfect action so you know i'd rather have like five bad photos than have like one really really good photo just because you know you're getting yourself out there more and uh, that's kind of how you want to go at it. Uh, anything else I can think of off the top of my head? Those are really the two biggest things. So like, and you can take those same principles and apply it to any social media platform, right? The more engagement you can get, and that's the number one thing you want to focus on driving to your profile, the more the social media algorithm is going to favor you and the more they're going to want to push down the So think of it kind of like a game, right? So you have likes, comments, shares, and saves, right? So mm -hmm. think of it like a basketball game, right? Uh, a like is like a free throw, so you're getting like one point for it. You know, if you uh, comment, you're getting you know two points for it. 
if you get a bookmark, that means your content is really high quality. People want to see it later. You're getting three points. You know, it's like a three-pointer. So just think of it like in terms of that, I would really, you know, the better quality content you produce, the more saves and bookmarks you're going to get. And that's what you ultimately want to get. Uh, but you can do stuff. And then, you know, likes are really not that important anymore in my in my uh, profession just because likes can be bought and can be used by bots. And so I think Instagram doesn't really value them as much as they value like comments and saves. And even now with engagement groups, and that's something also you should look into if you're starting off, you want to join engagement group. Like most people are convinced that they're kind of bad, but I mean, I think, you know, the algorithm isn't smart enough to kind of detect it. Because, you know, the algorithm is just, it's, it's literally a formula. It's not like an actual person kind of looking at it and being, oh, this post needs to be shared to more people. Or, oh, this post shouldn't be shared to more people. It's just, it's, it's all just a numbers game. So that's kind of like a, a big principle that you should just look into outflow. The more you can put out, the more you can bring in. So that kind of goes in with a lot of like the stuff I was talking about. That's cool. So th that to sum it up, the, the main thing that I think most people have trouble with is the posting five times a week. Mm -hmm. I remember that was like the most resistance that I had. I was like, no, can't do it. Mm -hmm. Three, max, max. And, I, and one would be even better. But I do understand now that the way that you explain the way that they want to keep you on. So they obviously want it to be good quality. And, and I, I do somewhat understand that if someone's putting out um, content every day that people will want to check in with them and almost like, Oh, it's my daily check-in with that person, my daily check-in with that, my daily check-in with that. And I understand how that could be viewed as positive in Instagram and any other platforms eyes. Um, to summarize again, like the structure is important and doesn't need to be perfect, but it needs to have some sort of flow that when you look at it, it quickly is like, okay, someone took a little bit of time to make sure that this all makes sense. And I like the, the way that you use structure. And then I, I, if I'm, if I'm going to translate to what you said is like, good enough is good enough. It doesn't have to be perfect. And I think that that's probably where um, healthcare providers is, especially doctors, like never is there a good, there is perfection as there is nothing else. And it's somewhat in my profession, but not as bad. I mean, like, obviously I have a serious responsibility to like build the perfect path out of your pain as quickly as possible. Good enough is not good enough a lot of times in my day-to-day -day life professionally, but on Instagram it can be. And that's an important thing for me to wrap my head around. And it was helpful to hear you explain it that way. Is there anything that, that jogged with you that you want to chime in on before we move on to the next question? Yeah, think about it. One, one last thing. You got to kind of think about it like this, right? If you have one perfect post, like ideally, like you think it's absolutely perfect, your Instagram account, you know, you might get like, let's say, let's just say you get 500 impressions, right? Let's say you post five different posts that are just average, right? Each post, let's just say, on average, it gets 200 impressions. At the end of the day, those five posts outperform that one post, and you're getting seen by more people. And if you're using, ooh, I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. Oh, sorry. Uh, but if you're, what's it called? Uh, if you're looking to kind of grow your page out and stuff like that, then you know you got to be seen by more people. And then also with the structure, you know, you're gonna convert on everyone that looks at your profile and, like you just said. It looks like you put time into it. And so that's kind of what I look into. That's cool. That's awesome. And thanks for making it so simple and easy to understand. So what should healthcare providers be doing more of digitally during this quarantine? Yeah. So 
I think uh, I think the biggest thing. So after I would say like around um, kind of like how we said we send a lot of emails out right every single day with lead generation software. But but what I would do as a healthcare professional. So I think the biggest thing every time I got on a phone call with a doctor, a plastic surgeon, a physical therapist, uh, the main thing they were worried about is like, okay, how do I get more patients into the office? And so I think that just kind of woke them up to make them realize, you know, the referral system isn't and shouldn't be the only way that they should get business. They shouldn't focus on that and just rely on that to kind of get business. And that's why I think like digital marketing is so important, especially in today's time, you know, 10, 15 years ago, of course it didn't matter just because there wasn't that many people on social media. But now, you know, if your audience is all on, uh, like it's like all younger people and it's gonna be eventually in 20, 30 years, you gotta start building that brand out right now. And so uh, the first thing everyone does with digital marketing is Instagram or Facebook or, you know, and I think that's the kind of the stuff you want to stray away from, actually. You know, those are important in a sense. You know, you want to be on there. It builds up your brand. I think the number one thing in any business that you should focus on is email marketing because that's the traffic that you can control. And so think about it, right? Kind of like I just told you. What I just told you right now with the Instagram algorithm can completely be different tomorrow and a year from now. It might be irrelevant because the algorithm is always changing you know facebook favors their big players not their small people like if you're if you're not post, like if you're not spending like i would say a million million dollars per month on uh your social media then you're considered a small time player in the game and so it's like people like google facebook they're not going to favor your account and that's that's just how it is you know most of the revenue is made from the big time players and so like you'll see your stuff will just stop having that organic reach but if you can get their emails and start marketing towards their email addresses and start sending out good emails, uh, you know, follow-ups, and then you know, doing all that stuff, then you really be able to control the traffic and really be able to grow your brand. And so I think that's like the thing that a lot of healthcare professionals don't ever do. And I like I love how you send out emails. I think that's you know huge. And you know, actually, I read a study, uh, and this is a huge reason why I think medical clinics and stuff should focus on email marketing is that they have an active email base. It's actually an asset to their company whenever they look to sell their company and we talked about this before uh it's a huge asset because you know you know right now i think it's the most important and like i even talked to some of my plastic surgeon friends uh and clients that you know they're always looking for reviews right reviews are huge in the industry and so like what's the like you know asking them for review probably you know they might do it if they really like you but you know it sometimes it slips the mind Mm-hmm. Best way to do it as soon as they book an appointment, as soon as that time is over, that they immediately get an email asking for them to put out a review. And if you do a, a good job, and like you should as a health professional, uh, then you're going to get that review, and it's just going to help your business out even more. And then just constantly staying with them everywhere they go, and just having being omni-channel, like you know, obviously posting on Instagram and stuff like that is important. But you know, if you're everywhere, then they're always going to remember you, and they're, you're always going to be in the back of their mind. And it's it's just a, I think email is the best way to kind of cut through the traffic. Because, you know, not that many, I mean, I've never got emailed by a doctor before you. Like, I, I'm serious. Like, you're probably the first uh, healthcare professional that's ever emailed me in my life, right? And so if you look at all my doctors that I see on the regular uh, yearly and stuff, like, they haven't sent me an email once. And so, like, you know, you always want to be in the back of your patient's mind so that they never leave you. You know, I'm sure there's trends and data to prove this, that, you know, you have a longer customer lifetime value if you, you know, are in their emails and stuff like that. But I think... Email marketing is the number one thing to do, uh, but to kind of get people's emails address, it really comes down to you know being well known on social media and just you know having like 
you know, a lead magnet in your uh, link, like in your bio, and people, whenever they check out your profile, mm-hmm. they'll want that free lead magnet, whatever it may be, that's full of value and information, and they'll check that out. So I think I think email marketing is one thing that I'll definitely look into about as a professional, and really take that a little bit more serious. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So um, it was framed to me by a guy named Dr. Jared Carter. He's the the cash physical therapist. Um, he kind of wrote the book literally on how people could start their own practice not dealing with insurance. So Dr. Jericard's phenomenal. And the way that he framed it is, why am I going to pay money to pop up on Yelp, we'll say, so that someone who doesn't know me whatsoever, maybe will look at the advertisement. And then if they maybe look at the advertisement, they'll maybe like what what's on our Yelp thing. And then maybe they'll end up calling. And then maybe we'll end up taking their insurance. And then maybe we'll be able to find a time that works for both of us. Whereas if we can reduce a lot of those maybes by just going back to the people that know us, know that we're good, quality trust has already been built, and getting them to look in their network, because how frequently do you see some your coworker across the room like holding their neck and like, oh man, or like you see someone going like this with their shoulder. They're not doing that because they're listening to Drake. They're doing that because their shoulder hurts. And if yeah. in that moment I had sent a like, hey, how to fix your neck pain, like email blast out. And God, I, I was about to say Karen. Can we still say the name Karen? whatever we're just gonna and we'll say christina Uh, is on her computer and she just sees like steve i think it cut out i'm not sure if you can hear me still uh i cannot hear you and it's frozen on my end i think uh i'm gonna go ahead and give you a phone call And with advertisements like that, it is to work with the people that you already know and that already trust you, because I guarantee in the next week, they're going to come in contact with someone who complains about being in pain about something or who wants to get stronger or wants to be healthier. And we just want that person to go from the back of their head to the front of their head to then say it out of their mouth. Let me connect you with my buddy, Steve. That's all we're looking for. And the other thing, and this is a little like, I'll tell you a little secret. So this is like a, a gen, this is totally between me and you don't tell anyone. So the best we have over a hundred five-star reviews. As I say this, I know I, I say this every time, but like tomorrow, I'm sure I'm going to get a four-star review, but we literally have no four, no three, no two, no one-star reviews. We have over a hundred five-star reviews. That is that. And some of them are just because like someone's cool and whatever. And like, literally we like saved one guy's life because he had a blood clot and wanted us to rub his calf and he didn't die. And he was in the ER and found out he might have died and he wrote one and that's cool. But in general, people don't think to do that unless they're small business owners. Small business owners are always writing five-star reviews for other small business owners because they know how hard this grind is. But the way that I kind of did it was when someone I would I don't charge people for their first late cancel like we have it in the first paperwork they sign hundred dollars if you miss it you know whatever it's very laid out it's even in bold so there's not like any sort of oh but you didn't tell me like it's out there 
But I mean, if it's like their second or third visit and they seem genuinely remorseful and they, I felt like they were respectful of my time, I'll wave it. And I would just wave it in the past. But then I was like, let me solve a problem that I'm having with this other problem that I just had. So this person knows that I'm not going to give them, I'm not charging them a hundred bucks. And I know that they're like maybe sick at home from work or something's going on. So like, especially if they're sick, like I know they're just at home. It's a great time for me to say to them like, hey, you know, this first one, we're just going to wave it. Like, don't even worry about it. I hope you feel better. Also, just kind of want to let you know, we're trying to build our online presence. So if you felt so inclined, feel free to go on like and give them the links, Yelp or Google and throw up a review today. That's it. And lo and behold, a hundred five star reviews later, it works really well. But again, that's just between me and you. So moving on to our third question, what do you think of TikTok possibly being banned in the US? For the people who don't know, what is TikTok? And then answer your question. Okay, so TikTok is a new social media platform and it's completely been like taking off this last like, I would say like three, four months, especially during quarantine, it's been just taking off. It's mostly, I would say like kids that are in their late teens, early uh, 20s. And it's mostly just a whole bunch of girls dancing, I'd say. Uh, and basically it's just 60 second reels and you can just scroll through it. And it's really like, like if you're on TikTok, you're gonna be on there for a very long time. It's really engaging. Like you just continue scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And um, it, it, it's interesting that the question you asked, right? So what do I think that what's gonna happen to TikTok? So TikTok, if you, uh, I haven't said this yet, but it's owned by uh, like a Chinese, uh, it's something in China, like a, a gov- I don't know if it's, it's owned by the government or if it's owned by like a uh, Chinese gov- uh, business, but basically uh, there's a whole bunch of privacy privacy issues with it. So like they can, I think, see everything on your phone. They have access to anything on your phone if you log in and create an account. And so they can't even allow like, any government agents that like, you know, TSA, uh, any government agency, they're not allowed to have TikTok on their phone just for this reason, right? And so TikTok is actually already banned in some countries like India, um, and it's possibly might get banned in America. And so what I think about it, right? So uh, it, it just really brings it back to Instagram, right? So Instagram is actually rolling out a feature and it's coming out soon. It's called uh, Instagram Reels. It's supposed to, uh, you know, be a, a com- in competition with TikTok, and so they did this with Instagram Stories to co- combat Snapchat. And if you look at Snapchat, Snapchat's pretty much dead. They haven't uh, had a like. If you look at what when they IPO'd uh, versus what it is right now, they've lost a lot in value, and it's probably not going to be here in the next like five to seven years. Mm-hmm. It's because Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and Instagram they are just killers. They're they're coming in to just be a monopoly and just take over. And so I think if it's already possibly going to get banned. Uh, it's, you know, user data is going to go down. And then also if, you know, Instagram rolls out uh, to uh, Instagram reels very soon, I think it's just going to completely wipe it out. And then another thing is I honestly think that a lot of these TikTok numbers are kind of like fake in a way. And the reason why is because like, man, I literally just looked up before we got on this call. Uh, so David Dobrik, he's probably one of the biggest influencers right now. Uh, and he, has been on, he started off on Vine, then he went to YouTube, he's been on Instagram, he's been building out a platform for years, right? And you gotta really think about it like this, right? So he's been on YouTube and Instagram for maybe like, let's say, let's just say it's eight years, I don't know the exact date. And he has 
uh, I believe, 17 million subscribers on YouTube. So he started off on YouTube first, right? He has 17 million subscribers on YouTube. On Instagram, he has 15 million followers. But on TikTok, and he's only been on TikTok for about, I would say, like three to six months, he has 19 million followers. So that right there just doesn't make sense to me, right? So how do you build a bigger fan base on a completely new app than you did on the two biggest platforms that you're on and that you are huge on? So that like that just didn't make and that you'll see that with a lot of influencers. They'll have a much bigger fan base on TikTok than they do on any other platform. So that that mm-hmm. didn't make sense to me. And then you kind of look at the numbers, right? Some of these TikToks, uh, it will show you how many views they get because the whole it's a it's all video content, right? And some of these just like regular uh, like people like me and you, they'll have like uh, pieces of like TikToks that go viral. I would say they'll have like. Like you know, three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars view, or not dollars, the three hundred to five hundred thousand views. And if you look at the comment section, you know, if a, if a, a piece of content is getting you know close to half a million views, it's gonna have some kind of co- like comment section mm-hmm. below. And many of the comment sections are dead. There's literally maybe like five to ten comments, and that's you don't see that on any other platform. So you know, it not being regulated by like uh, American businesses and American like companies and stuff like that. I just believe that a lot of the numbers that they have on there are kind of fake in a sense, just because like you just don't see like that platform. Maybe the algorithm is just completely different. It just acts completely different, but you just don't see the results that they're getting on that platform on any other platform. And that's just really odd to me. So uh, I really don't see it being that big. And I honestly, like I, I, I see a lot of um, healthcare professionals are starting to get on there and start posting videos with, with their office and whatnot. I honestly just tell my clients, like, don't worry about it. Like, Instagram is the one you want to be on, and that's the one you really want to focus on. Because uh, whether you want it or not, it's going to be here five, ten years from here. Mark Zuckerberg's not going anywhere with Facebook. And Instagram is just growing. It's it's not going anywhere. So if a platform you want to grow on, I would, that would be the one I would stay on. That's really good to know because that is exactly where my mind went. It's like, do I have to do I have to worry about this thing? Seriously. Like I don't have enough to worry about right now. It's like now I gotta learn this TikTok thing, whatever. So I'm glad to hear you say, and and I do not that my opinion really matters, but I do agree that I feel like Facebook taking over Instagram and then having Instagram be that um just oh that works, cool. We'll just we'll just do that then. And most people, I know that kids like to be up on what's cool and what's new, but it does seem like most other people would prefer to just have one channel. And it's nice that it does exist. And it's nice to hear you say that all of the work that we're doing isn't going to be totally worth nothing in two years. So even if it's just that I'm hearing what I want to hear, I like hearing what you're saying on that. So our fourth question is outside of Instagram, what do you think is important for healthcare workers to start doing more regarding digital marketing? Yeah, so I mean, that's just, you know, same thing with email stuff. Uh, I'd be just really consistent with it. And like simple things that you kind of do to kind of just make sure that everything is kind of going, growing is, uh, and there's a whole bunch of things, you know? So we have like a three-step process that we do with our clients that really like to, you know, just they want everything they want us to completely take care of everything right so first is facebook ads right so if you want patience and you want patience in the door right now facebook ads are probably the best way to kind of get because they're just they're so great and then if you're really good at kind of creating ads you can get patience in left and right so um that's kind of like the immediate thing you want to do to just kind of get patience in but then you also want to set yourself up for long-term success and build a brand that you know 
you, eventually you won't have to pay for your traffic to come inside. You can just rely on people that you built out, referrals that you got, and just, you know, rely on that completely. Um, and so that comes into, you know, building out your social media profiles, building out like an email system that, you know, is continuously emailing them at least once a month. Uh, and then, you know, just setting, cause like, uh, you know, this is a lot of things, like a lot of agencies, they won't really tell you stuff like this, but a lot of what we do is all automated. Like, you know, mm -hmm. once we set up the email automation stuff, we don't ever have to touch it again. Like it, it's set up once and it's running. And, you know, unless that platform goes down, which usually, you know, platforms we work with are like active campaign, MailChimp, these are huge businesses, not going away. They're used by millions of users. And so what I would do is, you know, I would figure out how to run Facebook ads or have someone run it for you, right? Have a system to where, um, you know, there's continuous follow-ups, right? So like, you know, if, when we run Facebook ads, we'll have our assistants, our employees in the Philippines immediately go ahead and call and qualify those those uh, people that fill out the forms and say, hey, like, what kind of interest do you have? Um, can you come in on this day? We'll go ahead and get an appointment set up. And then, you know, 24 hours for an appointment is set up, we'll have automatic reminders, you know, they'll get an email, they'll get a text just confirming it. Uh, a week before the actual appointment, they'll get a confirmation text just to, you know, make sure they're good. And then after their appointment is over, they're getting blasted with an email saying, hey, can you fill out this uh, this review and let us know what we did good, what we didn't good, do good. And then, you know, you can even like do a whole bunch of things. And this is, this is huge. I think you've got to really know where most of your traffic comes from, right? and then really dial in and just scale it, completely scale it. So if your traffic is all coming from one doctor, just make sure you're really good friends with that doctor and it can continue to come, right? And uh, like you could, you know, and this just comes to be, you know, transparent with your patients, just asking them like, hey, where'd you hear from me? Where'd you hear me from? Well, you know, where, where'd you find out about us? And just really, you know, keeping track of that and then, you know, completely taking that to the next level. and then. You know, if you ever work with an agency, if you ever work with any marketing professional, you always like marketing, I would say like, you know, 10 years ago wasn't really about data and analytics. It used to be just about creativity and kind of doing everything like you think look nice, but now it's all about data and analytics. So you want to always ask them, okay, I want you to show me the data behind what's happening. Like how many people saw this? How many people saw that? Where is all the traffic coming from? Am I paying for the traffic correctly? Like, you know, you always want to look into the data side. And not just let them do what they want to do because you know right now i would say marketing is like the thing that everybody does i feel like everybody i talk to is a marketer you know and they they've done it before but really they haven't and so you just really want to be able to make sure that they're doing great but i would just you know completely stop relying on the referral system uh and just start building out everything you don't have to do it all at once just build it out slowly slowly start integrating yourself into the digital world you know and if that means just posting on instagram you know maybe once a week building it out to twice, three times a week, maybe doing some Q&As with other uh, fellow, you know, peers, you know, going on your Facebook page, just updating that time to time, updating a website, and then, you know, starting putting lead magnets down, having, you know, slowly start building up over time. And then over like two, three years, you'll have a whole entire, like, like infrastructure and structure, just systems and processes all set up. And then you won't ever have to hire anybody to do any of that. And then you'll notice that you do this stuff consistently and your traffic will just continue to just start compounding and take off. And, you know, then by then, you know, when you start to look to retire or sell your business, you know, you can sell it for a lot more because you have a repeatable system set in place. Mm. Now, the, and I want to pull out something that you mentioned twice, and I think this is kind of like worth touching on, but talk about that lead magnet, that lead generating um, product. Um, I, I, 
I have my opinion of what I think you're talking about, but I'd rather actually hear it directly from you. Yeah, so lead magnet can be literally anything. And you'll see a whole bunch of people put it. So it could be it could be a video guide, it could be a course, it could be an ebook, it could be a, a discount code, it could be whatever, right? And so the best way to kind of get you know, you can have that set up, but then the plan, you know, you know, you set it up through active campaign, basically, you know, what you're looking for is for them to give you their email address, most importantly. But I've seen a lot of people, and this is kind of what we've been trying to transition into, is put their phone number in and put their location in. And the reason why is you can set up filters, right? So, like, because, like, if you're on social media, you, someone from, uh, like, Texas might fill out the, the lead magnet, but they're not going to be a patient because they're from Texas. You know, we're not going to fly out all the time just to come and see you, right? And so what you can do is set up filters to make sure that they're in a separate list, a separate segment, and that, you know, uh, if you're getting a, a person from New York filling out a lead magnet, that they get a text saying, hey, why don't you call, give us a call and we'll get you an appointment set up. Or maybe you'll have one of your front desk, go ahead and give them a call and say, hey, I know you filled out a lead magnet, you want to come in and, you know, we'll do this for you for free just so you can get them into the door and kind of build that relationship right there. Um, but what I've been seeing a lot of people doing to kind of get people to get those lead magnets is putting it in their bio of like um, their profiles. And then just, you know, you know, when you're posting stuff on your Instagram, you know, you're going to just draw traffic, even though it's a little bit, eventually it'll calm down over time, right? And then you're going to have people filling that out over time. And then it's just going to continuously keep bringing on that traffic. And then, you know, you just want to make sure you send out maybe a newsletter every month. And, with those lead magnets, the ones that perform the best are the ones that provide like a lot of value. So anything that, you know, uh, like I said, you know, humor, brings like educational stuff, kind of like they said about the neck, like, you know, just tell some small treatment plans, whatever it may be. It, it could be an ad voucher, whatever, but uh, whatever brings the most value is the ones that are perform the best. Yeah, that that's where we are lead magnet is, and it, right now it's being kind of refurbished and updated because we're, always updating it but we have our foundations of health on our website the conversations that are so important about optimizing the systems of your body your immune system your cardiopulmonary system your integumentary system everything your nervous system all working together and those are things like sleep stress exercise ergonomics breathing connection those are the things that like that are so important to everyone to understand. But if someone comes to me with shoulder pain, they probably don't wanna spend an hour talking about it. So that was a portion of our website that we built that was really robust and really good. And something that we very quickly actually made into an ebook and that's our lead generators. Like wanna feel 15% healthier in 10 days? Cool, like click on this book. And if you even choose one of those things that we recommend, for sure you're going to feel better. So that's good to hear that that those are the types of things. with fake followers and even talk about like, what is a fake follower? How do people get fake followers saying like, tell the whole story. Yeah. So, uh, you can have, so people will actually go in and buy bots. And so what it is, it's, it's literally just uh, a bot is like, I would say like, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to really go in debt with this. It. It's just a fake following. So like people will create accounts, uh, and 
it's really easy to notice, like figure out, you know, you know, there's people who have really good bots and there's people who have really cheap, inefficient bots. And those cheap, inefficient bots are like, you know, the profile picture will be like a black screen. Then uh, the username is probably going to be like a whole bunch of random letters and numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing like coherent. And then uh, they're going like, to like your photos and stuff. And they might have like, you know, five followers and they might be following like a thousand people. Those are like usually bots. And uh, the main use of them is just to kind of inflate your numbers. You know, you can have bots that, you know, give you a whole bunch of followers. And then you can have a whole bunch of bots that just give you uh, a whole bunch of likes. And so both those don't really matter much. And like Instagram is even thinking about rolling out a new update. I don't I don't think it would ever happen is uh, where they just remove the likes completely. And so like those bots aren't going to mean anything. It's really going to be about the engagement, the, the comments. And that's kind of why I said that likes don't really mean much. And then like looking at people's followings doesn't really mean much either. Like it's pretty easy to see if someone has like uh, a fake following. And, and this is something you'll see a ton with plastic surgeons especially you know it, i think it's just mostly like uh like we want to it's, it's an ego thing you know you want to you want to have a lot of followers it means a lot but if you think about it big followers mean nothing like they don't you know like if you, if most people have the cheap kind they don't interact with your account at all um so if they're not liking the photo and they're just a number out there now you know back in the day it might have looked kind of cool to have ten thousand followers mm -hmm. but now it looks even you kind of look kind of look dumb just because you're just, you just bought into that and now you have 10,000 followers where you're getting, you know, two to three likes on a photo. It doesn't make sense. So obviously, you know, your following is fake. And so that's kind of what I see about fake followers. Um, what you want to do, and, you know, a lot of people, they, they have bought fake followers. And, you know, you know stuff, stuff like that happens. You know, a lot of marketers will think that they're, you know, actually blowing out your accounts. Uh, so, you know, if you did buy fake followers, you know, don't worry. Um, if you already have, like, a decent engagement on there, if you're getting, like, more than, like, 100 likes, I would say, I wouldn't worry about starting a new account. Uh, what I would focus on is just being really, really like hard on the manual engagement. So just making sure that you're consistently commenting and bringing that inflow of new people in and having them being really engaging. And then, you know, you're just gonna have to step it up in other areas. You're gonna have to be able to produce better content, more engaging content, be uh, doing the manual engagement more on, more consistently, you know, trying to hit as many. So like Instagram, like uh, it allows you to do 200 comments per day. And so you, know, you want to be able to get up to those numbers every single day and be really uh, engaging and stuff and just focus on trying to drive that engagement up. And so that's kind of like a lot of the clients I work with, they, they start off like I have a plastic surgeon. He has like 30,000 followers, but he was getting about, I think, like 70 likes before we started working with them for a photo. And so then we were like, you know, we got to probably going to have to delete your account and start all over again because mm -hmm. like everything was just like there was no comments on any photos. Some photos would get 70 likes, some photos would get like 20 likes. Consistent, or like you know, there's no point of posting to zero people, and then it is you know you might as well just start over and start posting to five to ten, fifteen people versus like zero people, and then you also got to kind of uh, um, yeah, I mean that, that's pretty much everything I'd say with big followers. Like just keep that stuff in mind, uh, and then like another thing is is like oh, a good way to kind of know if someone has a big following, and this is if you ever work with any kind of marketers, you kind of want to check this is you want to go onto a website it's called socialblade.com and what it allows you to do is uh analyze basically a person's account and if the person has a huge unfollowing every single day instead of like a consistent growth that means they probably either did two things they are in some kind of scandal which most of the time isn't what happens uh or they have fake followers and so 
that's kind of what we do when we look at people's accounts. We kind of go into Social Blade and we look and see, okay, are they having a mass unfollowing every day or are they not? Because Instagram can, can detect the bots and it's getting way better at doing it. And what they'll do is they'll go in on their end and to delete that that uh, account. And so if you're following it, it's all bots, you'll see that your account is getting mass unfollowing. And then you also got to think about it, right? The algorithm is thinking, if a lot of people are unfollowing you, it's because your content is terrible, right? And so they're not going to want to push your stuff out to more people. So there's a whole bunch of things that come in with bots, but I think, you know, it just completely destroys the account. And it just, it's just not, it's definitely the worst method you can kind of go at with uh, marketing and stuff. So, I mean, the best way is just be consistent, uh, slowly, steadily, just keep ramping it up. And then you'll, you know, you'll, when we first started like, uh, with your account, we grew it like two followers, four followers, and it just starts compounding, just keep going up and up and up. And I think that's just the main thing you got to kind of look at. You know, it's always going to start off slow, but, you know, a month in, you'll start to grow hundreds and hundreds of followers every single day. And that's what you want. So that's yeah. kind of what we It's definitely worth slow cooking that stuff for sure. It's the same thing as fitness. It's just like slow cook it. There's no rush here, especially since you said you promised me that Instagram is going to be around in 10 years. So <laughs> slow cook that. Slow cook that real nice. Um, we're going to get into our Q&A now. Um, Teresa had a question. Do you have any security concerns with TikTok? And I'll also say, Teresa, if this is the Teresa I'm thinking of, I know that you um, have a background with um, security clearances and things like that with the government. If you have any opinion, like any um, additional information from your contact that used to work um, for uh as a contractor for the government and national security, you can let us know right now, but no pressure if you don't know anything. But what's your opinion on that? Um, Nick, do you have any security concerns with TikTok? I mean, I know because like when you in their privacy and concerns or whatever, the terms and conditions, I know that people have posted saying that they do have access to like photos, um, a whole bunch of other stuff. I honestly like, you know, you know, Mark Zuckerberg literally got sued for this like over the last couple of years. You know, there's a lot of privacy concerns with Facebook and Instagram as well. So I think, you know, it is kind of getting overplayed by the media just for, you know, putting uh, fuel on the fire and just kind of blowing it up a little bit. But um, I, I I mean, I honestly don't care because I don't have anything bad on my phone. I'm not doing anything illegal. So it's just like, I, sure. I don't care. Exactly like, what someone who's doing something illegal would say on a public forum. Yeah. <laughs> Me so, yeah. I have no, I love paying taxes. <laughs> if, uh, if you're like working with like some confidential stuff, then I would probably not be on it just because, you know, you never know if it's going to come back in five, 10 years and kind of come get you that. So just, just be careful with it. Uh, and I, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's already a, a law right now. If you're like a security or uh, a law enforcement or anything, you're not supposed to have it on your phone. So just be careful with it, I'd say. Yeah. And what, what was it um, as far as TikTok, but like Instagram, this is a real question. And I'm not even kidding, but like, is this listening to me? And I'll say three weeks ago, I'm reading a phenomenal book right now by Joel Jameson. It's ultimate MMA conditioning. And I was on a Skype chat with, um, a, with a consultant that I'm working with on a project. And I mentioned that book. Um, I didn't type it. I didn't do anything. I literally just said it on Skype and my phone happened to be near. And right away that night, I got a sponsored ad 
from the guy who wrote the book that I was talking about. Now, I'm, I'm a firm believer that when everyone's like, oh my God, this always happens to me. Like whenever I say this, this happens. Like, no, it doesn't every time. You say thousands of things every day that has nothing that ends up having a consequence, but you do certainly notice it when something like that happens. Like if I say, oh my God, I wonder how, I wonder how Kevin's doing. Like I haven't thought about him in a while. And then you run into Kevin, you notice it. But I thought about four other people that day that I didn't run into. So I think we get a little biased in our own heads. What's your impression of actually what Instagram can do? And if you don't have an opinion on this, that's fine. But like what Instagram can do and how much information they're gathering once you give them permission to use your microphone, look at your photos and things like that. Yeah. So uh, I mean, a couple questions real quick. So with the book, did you buy it off of Amazon? Where did you, where did you get the book from? Say that again? Where did you get the book from? Like, did you buy it off I of Amazon? I did get it off Amazon, yes. And I bought the book about six weeks prior. Okay. And then, okay, so it's kind of, maybe it's a weird coincidence with the timing. But mm -hmm. what I would assume is, so Facebook, they have access to like, uh, it's considered like your, it's like, I, I'm not completely sure about this, but I'm pretty sure they have access to your cookies on your computer. So it's like, it's basically kind of like anything that you share or send, and then um, they're just accessing that data. So I, I'm, I'm not sure about the exact thing with that, but uh, they're just accessing that data and then posting it out there for you. Because like, um, it, it kind of goes back with the algorithm. You know, it's like they want to show you stuff that you like or you've searched because then you're most likely to look at it, buy it, you know, whatever it may be, and then that's how they profit and make their money. And so. Uh, a lot of people always say that, and then uh, it just—I think it just mostly comes down to like what you searched before or what you bought prior. And then this is why like data is so important. Like things like uh, like big companies like Amazon and stuff—they have like um, now they have credit cards for Amazon, right? So now people are buying stuff with an Amazon credit card, and now they have access to that data, and so now they can show you stuff from that data on your Amazon account. So then you're more likely to purchase from them, and so it's just using that data and then using it against you really. And then that's kind of why a lot of people are against Apple having your credit card information. Because now Safari is going to start showing you stuff that you bought with your Apple card. And, you know, it's going to be like that. And then that's just how it is with all these big companies. Like if you if they have access to your, your data, they're going to try to sell it back to you, you know, and try to get you from that angle. Makes perfect sense. Next question is from Bridget. Are putting tags in your posts important in Instagram? Uh, so hashtags used to be really relevant. And then honestly, like I just, I just think the algorithm is changing so much right now. And if you look at really like a lot of big, like I would say like the Instagram, like uh, like entrepreneur gurus, like you know these huge marketing guys, like Gary Vee, for example, he never uses hashtags. And so I think hashtags aren't really as relevant as they used to be. It's a hit or miss kind of thing. I don't think you should really focus too hard on that. Uh, that's probably like in the back of my mind. I do try to, you know, play around with it. And you know, obviously, I still use them just because you know, at least you're getting, you know. Uh, anywhere from like 100 to 200 views or impressions just from that alone or you know sometimes i'll get like five to ten impressions off of that and so i still try to put them in but it's not like my main focus to figure out the best hashtag and stuff uh my general rule of thumb is just to kind of do uh like three to four big hashtags and then like and big hashtags meaning more than like a million uh posts within those hashtags and then try to find uh you know the others like i try to keep it just 10 hashtags and then the other six just to be relatively small, so under 100,000 posts within it. And then, you know, and so you just gotta kind of keep playing with it and see what works. But you can use different apps, like there's an app called, uh, or a service called Later, I believe, yeah, Later. And what it does 
is it tracks how many people are clicking your content off of that hashtag. And so then you can kind of create a really good custom hashtag strategy. But then once again, you know, the outcome is always changing. That used to work really well for me. And now it's a hit or miss. So like when Instagram first started, you know, the thing was to put as many hashtags as you could, which was 31 at the time or 30 at the time or something like that. And that was the key. But now it's just like maybe less is better. But I mean, I couldn't tell you for sure. Uh, it's always changing. Just don't worry about it too much. Just focus on being you know, the consistent uh, daily actions and doing the manual engagement. It's, it's going to pay off way more. Yeah, my impression is the relevance matters. If you just have the same 30 hashtags that you pop onto every single one, eventually it just kind of ignores that you're even doing that. Bringing it back to Teresa, just to follow up on that question, she said, I do have concerns, was wondering if others shared those concerns. It has too much access to your stuff. Sounds fair. Yeah. So Nick, one, tell us where everyone can find you for any of the lead generation, for if they just think you're awesome and want to see the beautiful pictures of your family behind you on your personal Instagram, whatever you want to share. Awesome. And show them the one, one more over too. Let's get the whole feel for the whole family. Hey, there's Albert Einstein right there. Albert uh, my sister's little paintings when she was younger. Beautiful. Uh, there's the big thing. High school that graduated with or, Oh, that, no, that's your family. Yep. Yeah, it's like a baby boat. I was like probably like 15. <laughs> oh, we have, Indian flag upside down. It's kind Beautiful. of a whole bunch of little tiny photos in here, but that's that's pretty much it. We have a whole bunch of my family's graduation stuff, basic nice. stuff. Like that, but that's about it. But you that's can find me, yeah. uh, elevate marketing. So we spell elevate differently. We have two A's in there. It's a whole long story, but uh, uh, it, basically, I was supposed to start this business with a friend of mine, and his last name. So my last name is Abraham, and his last name. Is Alcatib, Bishop, if you're watching this, shout out to you. But uh, he ended up, you know, focusing on school instead, and I'm, 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 I'm okay with that, completely okay. And so we started, we did Elevate with two A, so it's E L E V A A T E Marketing.com, or you can find me, find my software at Elevate Leads, uh, or you can just find me on Instagram, uh, Nick Abraham. Perfect. And your Instagram is Nick. Oh, it's N One C K Abraham. So it looks like I'm Nick Abraham, but it has that one instead. Respect. It's totally different, very unique, and very cool. Yeah. So, Nick, that is everything. Do you want to sum us up with a few words, a little conclusion before we go? Is there anything that you thought of that you wanted to rehash or just kind of give the general sentiment of everything we're talking about? Yeah, I'll give you a good one. Uh, you know, imperfect action is always better than perfect action. So just that daily consistency is what's going to really grow your business. It's going to grow your media profiles. So just being consistent with it. Um, don't worry too much about social media. Always just focus on your main thing, which is your, you know, being a healthcare professional. If that's what you are, whatever business you run, just, you know, that's your main thing. Focus on that. But always just look to add on uh, daily to the other things. And then over time, you're going to have a whole entire digital infrastructure. And that's what's going to take your business to the next level. Perfect. Nick, I want to thank you so much for spending the time with us. This was phenomenal. Everyone out there, if you like this, Hopefully you end up sharing it with some people because we'll be shooting it as an MP3 and it'll be on YouTube. Thank you so much for your time, Nick. Thank you everybody for hanging out and have a beautiful and healthy rest of your day. All right. Thank you, Steve.